received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to UFC ABC5, the Jacksonville, Florida edition of Gamblue's Bout Business Podcast. Thank you is the way we start this podcast. And that goes to all the listeners that are looking in, listening in, and hopefully profiting in with us as well. After a over oh, a week, two weeks ago, we stormed back three and one last week, plus 2.13 units of profit. That puts profitability for the year 4744 plus 10.94 units, 12% ROI, not too bad. The average win, 116.8, that could be better, but last year was well, well lower. Of course, last year was a clunker. Why was last year a clunker? The numbers can partially explain. As the underdogs got walloped last year, favorites realized 67.1% win rate in 2022. So far this year, favorites 62.1. That's 5% different. May not sound like a lot of difference, but believe me, it's translating into profit and advantage for us. So knowing these trends, that's important. But also understand that I'm trying to project these matchups. It's my thrill to try and take the analytics of which I only began utilizing, I'd say 15 years ago, and folding that with the 45 years of gut fight living and fight passion that I have, couple that with a little bit of time and study and you have the Gamble Bout Business Podcast. Okay, so let's get to business now, futures. Covington still at DraftKings, and that's where I'm utilizing most of my pricing. DraftKings, Circa, Superbook, bet online. Covington minus 110, that fight's going to happen, and we're holding a market price. Yesterday I released because they've just come to announce the Shevchenko-Grasso rematch. That's going to happen September 16th, it looks like. Grasso plus 195. The price remains Grasso 195 at DraftKings. I released it right away because I believe that's more than a fair price for her to defend. This is a little bit of the Moreno Figueredo kind of a thing. And I think Grasso's in great position to offer us a better depiction of herself as a champion than she did as a challenger. So Grasso 
Alexa Grasso plus 195 future release. We had two other parlay positions alive into today. Those comprise a couple of our rounds. So business is cleaned up. And so without any further hesitation, let's move right into round one. In round one, a lightweight bout that I just absolutely cannot stay away from. Polish fighter Mateusz Hunbecki, we will call him Mateusz, or the Polish fighter, and he's fighting a Danderu named Loik Radzabov. Radzabov, the Tajikistani tank, and Rebecca, a Polish anvil. This is like a sledgehammer and an anvil, and which one's going to give way? Is the anvil going to crack under the constant pressure of the longer Radzibov sledgehammer? Or will the sledgehammer break trying to instill damage on a cinder block fire hydrant, kind of a Rebecca? Rebecca, yeah, four inches the shorter man. Their age is about the same, and the Polish fighter's a lefty. But Radzibov will have substantial height and reach in this fight. I also believe he's been in with a slightly higher caliber of opponent. Training at Kill Cliff in Florida is also another determining factor as this fight is in Jacksonville, Florida. And what I really think is going to be just a rock'em, sock'em, robot kind of a fight, it's going to be a close, close decision. I'm going to take Radzibov, the longer, taller fighter from Florida, as an underdog, currently plus 130. This is the fight I wrote up in the digital magazine for VEASAN, and the price remains Radzibov, plus 130. That's the release for round one. Now let's move into round two. And in round two, we're going to a featherweight fight. Early in the card, Jamal Emmers fighting Jack Jenkins. Excellent fight here. Jenkins ships in from Australia. Emmers missed weight by a pound, went back and took the extra hour to try and cut it towards the end of the weight cutting process. Because he took the two hours and is putting a concerted effort into making weight, I don't accuse Emmers of trying to gain advantage. I, in fact, think he's trying to make weight. He's just having a tough cut, as opposed to our first round release, Loik, who came in just after 26 minutes, missed weight, and then said, forget it. I'm not going to tax myself to lose this weight and give my opponent a fair fight. Rather, I'll give up 20% of my purse to hold advantage in this fight, especially being the bigger man. This is not what Emmers is doing. In fact, I think Emmers' concentration and focus on making the weight, though professional, puts him at disadvantage in this fight, a fight that I really handicap as being very, very close to begin with. Opening had Emmers minus 170 to Jenkins plus 145 with the over-under to over two and a half is minus 190. I think that's important to this fight because these are evenly matched fighters. Emmer's very inconsistent 
And I think Jenkins in a good position here as an underdog of plus 170 to plus 180 currently. I think Jack Jenkins has a lot to be said for him, even though he's the shorter man giving up three inches of height and six inches of reach here. I think he's the more skilled man. And I think that we can rely on a concentrated effort from Jenkins to get this fight late. And that's when Emmers may be compromised. We're going to attack this fight a little bit differently. Round two, Jenkins, 0.6 of a unit, returns 1.08. Jenkins, currently priced plus 180. But I'm going to use another 0.4 of a unit on Jenkins via decision because I see this fight as going to decision. I see this fight as Jenkins having to weather a first round and show his medal late. Round two, Jack Jenkins via decision is plus 330. We'll put 0.4 of a unit to win 1.32 units. So in total, we have a unit on Jack Jenkins in round two. 60% of it, or 0.6, to win 1.08 on Jenkins just plus 180. Jenkins via the prop plus 330 on decision, 0.4 to win 1.32. Now let's move into round three. Round three. No, I haven't started hitting the bottle yet, but I do like this fight and this combination of fights. Our round four and round five are parts two of parlays that have put us in a position where we hold a large favorite at a dog position. I'm not going to let that go. I, I like that. When I see a favorite, especially early, that I believe is in a advantageous position and we can capitalize on some parlay positions. I'm going to be aggressive in doing that. I'm kind of taking a page out of a friend of mine from Las Vegas, a very, very renowned handicapper and the best contest player out there, period. He's a dear friend. We share information. I've listened to some of his approaches and we're going to incorporate a few and the two rounds four and five we have are a little bit of an umbilical from his advice as is this round three release right here and we're going to the randy brown wellington tooman fight at welterweight now we all know wellington Turman was a decent middleweight. That's 185-pound fighter. He drops to 170 for this fight, which combined with the fact that I think Brown comes in on the bounce creates a perfect storm here for Randy Brown. Randy Brown, oh, by the way, a Jamaican fighting in Florida will surely have the crowd with him. He's 6'3", so three inches taller is Brown. And though he's six years older, he's the natural welterweight. He'll have a six-inch reach advantage arms, four-inch reach advantage legs, and he's coming off a Jack Maddalena beatdown. I tip my hat to Randy Brown for stepping in the cage with Jack Maddalena. Jack Maddalena is a killer. So Randy Brown, I believe, is in a great position against Tooman. He's focused. He's on the bounce. He's getting a guy dropping in weight that was chinny at 185, and he looked, it was hard for me to recognize him at 170. He was very lean. I won't say 
he was drawn and compromised. No, but he looked different at 170. I just love the spot for Randy Brown. But when we look at Randy Brown's current pricing, I see minus 230 here at DraftKings. So we got to find a way to use him. We're going to use him as leg one of a parlay. And we're going to move. And again, I'm using DraftKings screen, looking at it right now, into the fights that are scheduled for Saturday, July 8th. Randy Brown, speak of the devil, Jack Maddalena, together, Randy Brown currently priced at minus 230. I'm going to take him to Jack Maddalena on July 8th, currently priced minus 180. That price right now at DraftKings is plus 123. So that's a one-unit position on the parlay, Randy Brown to Jack Maddalena. But I'm not done with round three yet. I'm really almost willing to bet Randy Brown 230 to win one unit, but that's too much exposure and not enough bring back. So besides Randy Brown and the July 8th fight with Jack Maddalena, we're gonna take another unit on another parlay, separate parlay. Randy Brown is the basis, yes. But this time, part two of the parlay turns into Jalen Turner, also a fighter competing on the July 8th card. Turner's priced minus 210. The parlay return of a one-unit parlay between Randy Brown and Jalen Turner is plus 111. So round three is two parlays. Randy Brown, the foundation. He goes to Jack Maddalena at plus one, two, three for one unit. Then a unit parlay, Brown to Turner for plus one, one, one. That's round three. Now we'll roll into round four. Now we roll into round four where we're now beneficiaries of being in the second position of these parlays. In this case, we're up into the main card and we're looking at the fight between Bruno Silva and Brendan Allen. This fight's also a tremendous clash of styles between legitimate middleweight fighters, 185 pounds. Bruno Silva showed himself against Alex Pereira to be an absolute killer, unafraid of Pereira's might, power, flash. In fact, went to decision with him. Silva's big, he's strong, he's a striker, but he's singularly dimensioned and gives up expertise in the grappling wrestling, surely on the ground. His opponent, Brendan Allen, who at the time we made this position, was priced minus 156, is currently priced minus 190. So we got a little advantage on him besides using the parlay. Allen's two inches the taller man. He's five years the younger man. He's got a little reach advantage, but more importantly, he's the much more well-rounded, refined mixed martial artist in that he's gonna be able to, and his plan must revolve around limiting Silva's distance, power, and striking ability by slow dancing with him at the high school prom, pressing him against the fence, and taking this fight to the floor. 
where this fight takes place will go a long way in showing us who's going to win because Allen must compete from top position and get Silva down onto the ground. Allen opened minus 280. We caught him at his lowest, minus 156. He's still only minus 190, and that's probably where I see this fight. We had Allen teamed with last week's Bukowskis, and oh, by the way, that was a greasy win we didn't deserve. But nonetheless, I don't judge him. I just grade him, and that was a win. And we roll into Brendan Allen in round four, plus 148. We just need him to win the fight. Now let's roll into round five. In round five, a little bit of the same story in that we have Ilya Tupuria currently priced minus 330. We hold him in the second part of a parlay. He was priced minus 300 when we played the parlay, and he was teamed a few weeks ago with Marc-Andre Barrio, if we'll remember, he fought Eric Anders. We took Barrio minus 135 to Tapuria to return a plus 1.39. So we hold Tapuria at very advantageous situation as a main event fighter, currently priced over three to one as a dog. Now, while we hold advantage, let me give you my rundown on this fight. This fight is completely mispriced. I think everyone is taking a double whammy here. We're taking the Ilya Tapuria sauce, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, he looked good in his last fight, but he's only 4-0 in the UFC. He's a big flapper, very overconfident, and has missed weight. Now, he didn't miss weight in this one, but the guy's a little bit cocky for my liking. And I'm telling you that at the moment that Josh Emmett hits plus 300, I'll have to be very interested. Josh Emmett is very live in this fight. While we hold advantage on Tapuria, make no mistake about it that, yes, Emmett's 38 and eight and a half years older than this kid, but he's experienced, he's calm, he's coming in off the bounce, a clunker against a razor blade in Yair Rodriguez that will make any featherweight look bad. The level of opposition that Emmett's faced coupled with his experience, overcomes the age advantage to me in this fight. This is a razor close fight. And I'm telling you, as we get closer to the main event, keep an eye on Twitter because this fight is mispriced. I also believe the total in the fight to be completely lacking any semblance of at least how I see the fight. Two and a half rounds under minus 220. The, basically, the makers are telling us that Tapuria going to come out here and twirl Emmett like a baton, then submit him. And I'm telling you, that is not going to happen. So let's watch and see what happens. We hold Tapuria at great advantage in dog position, but look for me to get active on this fight late in the fight card if Emmett hits plus 300 or better. That's five rounds of action for you this week. We're rolling with 12% ROI, and we're looking to build that one brick at a time each week from now until the end of the year. I hope you stay with us. I hope you enjoy these fights, and good luck to everybody. Boom! That's it! That is it! Unbelievable! That was insane! You've been locked.
locked into Gamblu's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finacaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind the scenes access to the world of MMA. All the support of The best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network.